Hello everyone and welcome back to the CounterPoint podcast. At CounterPoint Research, we have been tracking the growth of smart home devices. And in this episode, we are going to talk about the same. I'm Ritesh and I'm joined by our research analyst, Maurice. Hello, Maurice. How are you doing? Hey, Ritesh. I'm doing well. Thank you. And how's the lockdown treating you? Oh, it's going okay here. Um, I'm locked down in Boston. Um, so just staying at home and being safe for now. Well, we all are in the same boat. I hope the situation gets better soon. Yes, me too. When talking about smart home devices, what are the categories that are dominating the segment? Yeah, of course, Ritesh. Um, I can give you a little bit more background, actually, um, in our smart home research and what we've been doing at Counterpoint. So. We've been really seeing the smart home market and ecosystem growing quite rapidly. Um, and we've been tracking this, this ecosystem and uh, where the areas are that are really developing. And uh, not just in terms of which categories um, are developing, but also which regions are the high growth areas right now. And also, we've been tracking what types of connectivity is featured in a smart home uh, market right now. So that is everything from Bluetooth, NFC, Wi-Fi to, to cellular connectivities and even Zigbee, Z-Wave, those things. So we're trying to really assess the, that whole market completely with our research. In terms of the smart home market right now and the categories that are dominating the market, what we found is that the smart TV surveillance camera and also the smart speaker categories are the ones that are really driving the market. And uh, this is really because these are areas that are in demand for consumers right now for various reasons. And also they're, they're really quick and easy access points um, to build the smart um, ecosystem um, over time. How was the smart home market share like in 2019? So like I mentioned, um, with smart TVs, smart speakers, and um, security cameras being the main drivers, um, the smart TV market was around 29% um, of the market, smart security cameras around 26 and we estimate that the smart speaker market was around 20% of the market in 2019. So you can see that those areas in particular were the high growth drivers um, for the market. Um, other markets that we've um, considered, of course, um, are smart lighting systems, smart appliances, smart white goods, such as refrigerators, uh, dishwashers, uh, laundry machines, and things like that. Um, but also considering VR um, headsets and also gaming consoles in this, as each of these things uh, form part of the smart home ecosystem, uh, which make up a smaller percentage of, of this whole category. Um, of note, also, smart lighting um, is a, a category that is that is growing um, and that is currently under ten percent, but we'll we'll likely see a high increase given that um, the costs are a little bit higher for smart lighting systems than consumers would prefer right now. But in our forecast, we see this um, actually um, going down in price, uh, which will drive up adoption in in the future. When you talk about growth, what are our expectations for the next five years? Yeah, so that's a great question. 
Um, like I mentioned before, uh, the, the current areas where we're seeing growth, uh, smart TV, smart speakers, and also security cameras will continue to see growth in the future. However, those are not the, the strongest categories that will we'll see growth. Um, however, I think that uh, for, you know, for these categories, you have to consider the fact for, for smart TVs, for example, uh, people are getting more into streaming media options, which will naturally um, uh, assist in, in growth for that category, um, even as different regions um, have better access to um, smart TVs. So for example, in India, which we see as one of the, the big growing areas for um, the smart TV ecosystem in the future, uh, you're, you're getting devices that are actually going to be priced for under 100 US dollars. Um, even though it's a small screen, maybe you know 32 inches or so, um, having devices that are and at an affordable price range uh, that are smart, so connected, um, and getting those devices into other regions um, at a competitive price point will enable uh, continued growth um, in that area. And you know, the same goes for other the other areas that I mentioned, such as security cameras and smart speakers. We will continue seeing growth there as more people want to have a connected security camera um, in their household. Um, or connect a camera rather for their household, either indoor, outdoor, it can be a baby monitor. Um, but being able to have that extra layer of security through a connected smart camera um, will will likely see growth there. Um, and in terms of smart speakers, um, I think that category in itself um, has been very successful uh, in terms of getting people interested in a smart device, but also offering you know, a, a good product. You're getting a, a speaker that plays music, that can play podcasts, that you can use to, um, um, as as a conferencing device. So, so all these three areas um, will continue to see growth, um, and certainly in other regions, um, not just in North America, Europe, and China, where we're seeing the current growth, but also in other developing countries um, in the future. And the other area that I actually wanted to highlight is um, the strong growth that we are projecting for white goods and also smart lighting. And let me talk about white goods first. For white goods, I mean large appliances such as a stove, a refrigerator, um, a dishwasher, laundry machine, or a dryer. Um, currently, all these devices, or many of these devices, are not connected in any way but in the future, we see that there would be a tremendous amount of growth um, for connected um, large appliances, connected white goods. And uh, you may ask yourself why this is. Well, it's really because if you have a connected device, you're able to do better maintenance and care on it. And you're also able to uh, really monitor you know, the, the energy intake um, of it and water um, as well. So you can save on electricity, you can save on your water bill, and you can also do preventative maintenance better um, and also try to troubleshoot what's happening with the device at a, at a much easier and a much more convenient way for a consumer. So we see, these, we see the, this white goods area really 
starting to pick up in the future in terms of connectivity. Um, and like I said um, before, with the, the smart uh, lighting side of things, the current costs of a smart lighting uh, system um, is is a little bit too high for a consumer to really upgrade all their their lighting needs um, um, to make your um, home featured with smart lighting so light bulbs switches um, etc. However, in the future, as as, the, as these costs and with economies of scale, um, the the actual costs of these devices will go down tremendously, uh, which will allow greater adoption for the consumer. And naturally, again, this will create um, a value proposition for a consumer as well and to be able to control uh, which lights are going on and off in their house um, and really just monitor that those levels and um, save on electricity. Uh, so those are kind of the the bigger growth drivers um, in terms of where we see the the higher growth potential um, in the smart home area, um, but but naturally, again, the the three ones that I mentioned before uh, that are currently driving the market will certainly be volume drivers in the future as well. Great, and with five G here in most countries, and Wi Fi six is also making its way. Which connectivity medium is likely to dominate? Yeah, so when we look at connectivity in terms of a um, smart home device, we really need to factor in several things uh, to uh, for the consumer, really. So you have all these different options from Bluetooth, like I mentioned, Zigbee, NFC, um, cellular connectivity, Wi-Fi. And all these have trade-offs. Um, we see Wi-Fi as being one of the big drivers for the connectivity featured in smart home devices because of the ease of using um, Wi-Fi um, for a smart home application. We already, you know, many of us have um, Wi-Fi routers and other Wi-Fi connected devices. And um, as we go on um, in, in the next few years as these Wi-Fi generations um, move from going from you know, Wi-Fi 4 to Wi-Fi 5, now having Wi-Fi 6 and uh, moving forward, um, we believe that Wi-Fi 6 provides one of the best um, benefits to a smart ecosystem, smart home ecosystem, because of the way that you're able to connect multiple devices on a Wi-Fi 6 network. Um, you're able to have these devices all share information quickly. Um, the the load capacity of a Wi-Fi six network um, is is way better compared to you know a Wi-Fi four or Wi-Fi five, and um, you're you're able to basically have have the system work more seamlessly together. So this is why we believe that Wi-Fi 6 is one of the best adoption methods um, for connectivity over others, um, just because also your, your signal actually um, is able to proliferate better than you know, a Bluetooth, Bluetooth device or an NFC device, which has shorter range than um, a Wi-Fi network running on a 2.4 gigahertz um, network band. Well, thank you for those insights, Maurice. And Thank you for your time. Yeah, of course, Ritesh. Anytime. I would also like to thank our listeners for tuning in. Stay safe and stay healthy. 
And if you missed any of our previous episodes, you can head over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts to listen to them. Thank you. Thank you.